0: so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having us. Uh anytime, anytime. The uh the film is beautiful. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing this story. What a what a story with us. I really do it's really amazing. Um how did you first encounter Samantha and Harry? What what were those initial conversations like
1: yeah, so it was all very serendipitous, you know, it was really an, a, sort of an accident, if you will, that I, that I even met them. I, I, was, I was on a reconnaissance mission for a new photo story. Uh, I was primarily a still photographer before making this film, and I uh, was spending a lot more time sitting in, in a hotel, kind of trying to figure out what my next steps were, and one day Harry, who's, you know, obviously covered in tattoos, walked by me when I was sitting in the hotel lobby, and, you know, he's hard, he's hard to miss because of all the tattoos, and a friend of mine that knew him was sitting next to me and said, hey, you know, see that guy with the tattoos, you, you, you know, you'd never believe his story. And I was quite intrigued when I heard a little bit about it. And then I, you know, was even more um, intrigued when I met Harry and Samantha officially, mm-hmm. some days later, um, and they, they brought a hard drive with them and they plugged it into my computer and showed me a bunch of footage of them rescuing animals and building Oja Nueva, which is Samantha's organization. And I was just very taken by not only the the quality of the cinematography, but I was also really taken by the, the, the choices that they made when they ch- chose to keep recording. Um, you know, quite often people stop recording when things get difficult. Even professional cinematographers are, I think, tend to be very quick to stop recording. Um, you know, even during interviews, right, like there's this kind of like general knowledge now that you like when, when you say, all right, interview's done, you just let it keep rolling because you never know what someone's going to say in those final sort of 30 seconds. And so I was just really impressed with with you know, the fact that they were recording even in the most difficult moments you can imagine. And so I, I naturally knew immediately that there was a, a a film of some sort to be made, probably a short film. So that was kind of what the idea was at that time. That was what the early conversations looked like. And then I was back home in Virginia, where I live, and I got a call from Samantha on her satellite phone, letting me know that she had just rescued a, another ocelot. And, uh, and at that point we knew that we were you know in for a much longer and larger journey.
0: Yeah, it, it's incredible. And I, my understanding you know is, is that much of the filming they had to do, as you were saying, they had to do it themselves uh, because you guys were, were, correct me if I'm wrong, um, there were issues because of the nature of the 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 animals, being, being around the animals?
1: Yeah, so, you know, there are two things at play. One was obviously we couldn't be in Peru all the time uh, because we, you know, we're, we had to keep work. We had other jobs that we had to be doing. Um, so we were both working on, you know, I was doing speaking engagements and other photo gigs and we were doing some small video jobs, you know, small sort of like little commercial f- films. And uh, and so we had that was the way that we were funding the film initially for the, basically the first year was actually just paying for it ourselves or using miles to fly down there. Uh, so we we couldn't be there as much as we had wanted. And then the other aspect of it was that they had a, you know, the, a protocol that said that, you know, no one can be around the cat um, other than Harry. And so the first sort of three months of its life, Harry and Samantha were both around it because there was a lot of intense care that was needed. Uh, it had a lot of, para- Keanu had a lot of parasites. So parasite medications and feeding by bottle and but then once kiana reached three months of age it was only harry that had access to him from that point forward so so we knew you know immediately that that we weren't going to be able to film and because we had seen all this footage that they had shot with with the you know with the first cat and with with all these other animals we knew that they were more than capable of, of of doing an incredible job so our focus really shifted to becoming to being you know how do we kind of help them hone in their skills and how do we help them think about filming scenes not just filming moments um you know because that's I think anyone can for the most part film a moment right but how do you actually think about filming the beginning the middle and the end so that you have a standalone piece of work Uh, so those are the things that we kind of really tried to to teach them throughout the, the process throughout the process and they both took to it very quickly and uh, you know the the I would say probably at at minimum forty percent of the film is is theirs so maybe even a little bit more. Wow, wow. So the, I mean, the, you know what amazes
0: me about this is that it it sounds like for you both it wasn't just you weren't filming subjects. This was a real collaboration uh, to construct the story together. So um, knowing that. And certainly, with this, with getting so much of their journeys as well, what was what was that like? And and was it a challenge to get them to bring their stories out in the way that they did?
1: You know, it wasn't. It uh, Samantha was always more was more guarded than than Harry. She was always very composed, and you know, she's obviously tack tack, uh, you know, sharp, very smart, uh, and and she just seems like she has all of her stuff together, right? And she's very organized. Um, so we didn't really learn anything about her backstory until I, I would say about halfway through production. So her her father actually passed away uh, in February of 2019, and it wasn't until about a month and a half after that that we started to learn a little bit about what had gone on with her and her father and how her father was, you know, abusive, um, both physically and verbally abusive, and uh, because of his alcoholism. Uh, So, so she was, uh, you know, much slower to reveal these things. And, you know, even throughout the rest of the process of making the film, Samantha was always remained a little more guarded. Whereas Harry is somebody that, you know, we like to say always wears, wears everything on his sleeve. Um, You know, he's somebody that doesn't really shy away from being vulnerable. He doesn't, he also doesn't, he's also an incredibly blunt person. So like, if he's not happy with something, he'll let you know. Uh, he's not someone that's gonna, you know, uh, dally around the the issue by by any means. Um, so it was, a, you know, I, I I don't think either one of us w- was was prepared for like how much we would end up capturing and and how you know how many difficult moments there would be uh, throughout the process of of the reintroduction. But um, it, it it didn't surprise us by any means that that you know he was as vulnerable as he was because that was just so apparent with Harry. Um, but I think, you know, that connects, I think the reason that all that happened to some degree, I mean, we we bonded for several reasons. I mean, one of the reasons that we bonded is I, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And so Harry and I were able to really connect over that. And similar to Sam, Melissa, who, who is the co-director and producer and also editor, one of the editors on the film, uh, she has some early childhood trauma related to her father, different, but but still some trauma. And so she and Samantha were, were able to bond over that. And then we also, you know, we lived when we were down there, we were, and we were all together. We lived on this 20 by 30 foot platform, wooden platform. And, you know, we bathed in a stream together. We ate together. We went to bed together. We woke up together. If someone was sick, we all knew about it. You know, if someone wasn't doing well, we all knew about it. And so there was nowhere to go. You know, there were no doors to close. Um, At the end of the day, whenever, you know, there was, there was nowhere else to go. And so, um very very quickly we became a family so we weren't just collaborators you know we really really became a a family in the process of making this film and you know i always like to say like if you were to go around and ask 100 people to see their their family videos you know on vhs tapes you would probably see some really beautiful beautiful moments right because families let their guard down around each other um and, and and that's what really happened and that was i think the reason that we were able to to film some of what we filmed was that you know, all of us just felt so comfortable with each other, you know, I mean, we we had all by the end of it, we had all seen each other naked so many times, you know, and, you know, having bad stomachs and everything else. So it was like, what do we have to hide from from each other at this stage, you know, and they were filming us also, because, you know, there are obviously some plenty of humorous moments as well, where, where they were filming us, and we were filming them. And so, yeah, it really became a, a true kind of family collaboration, more than just a collaboration.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, the the circumstances that you have would sort of forced intimacy is not necessarily the way I want to describe it. But it seems that way. It's it. I guess it still doesn't have to be because you still have to be willing to share even though you don't have much opportunity to hide. Um, and, and you know what, I, I appreciate your openness. I mean, I suffer from anxiety depression myself. It was interesting I'm reading the, the, the press notes. It references uh, the Body Keeps of Score by Vander at one point. And I'm like, oh, I'm reading that right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just wondering uh, for me from you on this journey, um, what did you learn about the about the treatment of PTSD and, and trauma? Because as you're as you're all sharing and, and living together in these close quarters, I mean, certainly Samantha and Harry are dealing with their stuff. You're dealing with your own stuff. Is there anything particularly you took away from the experience?
1: yeah probably the biggest thing that I took away from it was that I saw that what Samantha and Harry accomplished with their conservation work is actually the result of everything that they've been through and um and and what I mean by that is that I think we've we tend in and especially in western society to view these things as a as a negative, right as just like a clear negative. Um, and increasingly you're starting to see the conversation shifting right that there's people as as famous as like Greta Thunberg and, 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 and uh, many other celebrities that are starting to talk about the strengths that come with having, you know, mental health um, issues, whether it's depression or anxiety, um, like anxiety, what, w- you know, is there for a reason, right? Like an- anxiety was at one point when we were, you know, living, truly li- like surviving in the wild, anxiety was really helpful because it was what kept you alive. And so, you know, if you think about it in that context, like, you know, you probably would have been somebody uh, that actually survived situations because you're always on edge and you're more aware of the, you know, the saber toothed tiger around the corner. Um, And, and so it's a survival like survival (laughs) mechanism. And then, you know, we've moved into this world in which we aren't really surviving anymore. Right. And so you're, you're, so protected and and insulated and and everything in our lives is like designed to like try to keep us alive as long as possible you know everything from our our cars to our houses and and that's only increasing and so um you know it's i guess i just started asking myself the question like does having depression and anxiety allow me to see the world in a way that is different than other people um and and is there a strength in that And, and I think that there is, you know, I think that it unquestionably has allowed me to be a better filmmaker um, as an example, a better storyteller. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and there's all sorts of things that I could get into on that. And I think that, you know, what we see in Harry and Samantha is the same, like that, that all the experiences they've gone through in their life, good and bad, the cumulative of all that is, is what has allowed them to do this extraordinary work, you know, this inspiring work. And I, what's so funny is that like in all of my life of, of telling stories and um, I've spent most of my time in, in remote wild places and almost all the people I meet that are out in these in these these environments they almost all tend to have similar backstories you know they almost all tend to have gone through something difficult in their life or are still struggling to some degree and 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 so they all find themselves you know there and they they all seem to be achieving these remarkable things and you know, it just it seems like there's a connection between, between the two. And that's not to advocate that someone should go out and, you know, give themselves depression or, or you right. know, PTSD so that they can, like, achieve the extraordinary. But it is to say that, you know, I think that for a long time it was always viewed as just this bad thing. And I think we're starting to see that um, things are shifting, which I'm, I'm particularly excited about. You know, and that doesn't mean, like, I still get help, right? I, I still have a psychiatrist and I have a psychologist that I work with. And I'm a huge advocate of, of getting professional mental health help. Um, but I, I, I am very excited for the fact that, that we're beginning to look at it all very differently now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The conversation has changed so much in the last decade, I guess. Yeah. A decade. And, uh, you know, it's even, even looking back to see the way we used to talk about these things. And now the conversation has totally changed. And I love the way that you're phrasing that as idea. What is, what is the positive way? How does it help? Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. Um, Obviously, I want to talk a little bit about Keanu. Um, I'm sure that ocelots are going to be the hot animal this Christmas season that people are looking for under the tree. But, well, no, no, they won't be. But um, he's wonderfully, I mean, he's not only adorable, he's he's wonderfully smart, but the relationship between uh, Keanu and Samantha and Harry is remarkable. In this film. And uh, I'm just wondering from you, has this changed the way that you view our relationships with humanity and the animal kingdom?
1: Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, that said, I was always somebody that was attracted to the, the relationship that we have with, with animals. Um, in fact, before we started making this film, Melissa and I had a, a dream of making a, a film about animal intelligence um, that was going to focus per- predominantly on animal language. So this idea that animals actually have very complex communication systems from sperm whales, you know, to um, to prairie dogs, actually. Like prairie dogs actually have this really complex communication systems. They have syntax, like, you know, orangutans uh, have culture, uh, dolphins have cultures. Um, so, you know, the, the, we're we're really starting to uncover just how intelligent animals are and I think one of the great mistakes that we've made, as as you know, one of the great mistakes humans have made, is we've always measured animals' intelligence against our own. And so, like all of the tests that we've applied to animals have been human intelligence tests. And what a what a disgrace that is, because you, you know you're trying to measure something that you know that you're trying to measure an animal that isn't a human. And uh, and so you know the question is finally starting to be asked: what do these what do these animals know that we don't? Right. And that's similar to this idea that we were talking about with depression. Right. Like um, there's a a film out right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I look forward to seeing it called Let Me Be Me. And it's about a family who has a child that has autism. And rather than trying to force the child to live in in society, in the world as it's constructed, they decided to basically embrace the way that he lived. And it follows his journey from childhood to becoming a, a renowned fashion designer. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's probably viewable somehow out there, but what I love about that is this idea that, you know, for a long time we viewed autism as this thing that was like, oh, like they're, they're damaged, they're broken. But again, what do they know that we don't, what are they thinking that we aren't, you know, I mean, what, what world are they occupying that we can't even begin to imagine. And I think that that applies to so many conditions and I think that applies to animals. And so it was something that was always on our mind. And I think making this film and spending time with Keanu and seeing that bond, only reinforced our desire to continue to explore that moving forward. Uh, first of all, please make that film because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, but I, absolutely. And I, you know, um, uh, Harry actually think, thinks it says point, you know, he's saving me. I'm saving him. And it's just it's it's amazing. Um, I, 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 we're starting to run out of time, but just as we as we wrap up Trevor, I'm just wondering for you, what do you hope that audiences take away from from this
1: experience that you've been on yourself? I mean, two things I think are. I mean, I think everyone will take away something different because it's kind of really dependent on the stage of life that you're in, you know, and and even even minute by minute, but. You know, I think two things that we've seen that are happening. I mean, one certainly is there's a lot of conversations that are happening. So after screenings of the film, people are coming up to us or they're coming up to Harry and Samantha and they're sharing stories with them about their own struggle with mental health um, or or a family member or a friend. Uh, And that's something that, you know, is obviously still it's getting better, but it's there's still a lot of work to be done. And so the fact that our movie, I think, is, is helping people have those conversations is something that we're really excited about. And then the other I think is it's kind of connecting back to what we were just talking about. And that is that people will hopefully leave um, you know, the movie uh, with this this sort of feeling that that they have a, a new respect for the intelligence, the emotional intelligence, the intelligence just the regular intelligence of animals, but also the importance of animals and the importance of of nature to, you know, our actual survival. And I think for a long time it's been pretty like People have been pretty aware that you know you need clean air, right? And trees filter the air, uh, and they filter the water, and you need clean water. Um, but people haven't really talked about the fact that we actually need nature on a fundamental level, um, like just time in nature, you know. And uh, a thirty-minute walk in your local park can have a profound impact on you, like just you know, in terms of lowering your blood pressure and reducing stress and so we're you know we're finally thanks to science starting to see that, that this is all actually we can actually document the changes in the body that occur um and and so you know science is not the best uh science is not the best communicator right like they tend to public publish articles in, in, in scientific journals that no one reads and scientists aren't necessarily the best communicators so i think that's the other major thing is like can our film leave people with the feeling that nature and animals are so important to our survival? And then when articles that come out that you know, talk about some of the science that, that's, that's being done, they remember watching this film and they remember you know, feeling that way. And, and hopefully you know, it's part of uh, a collective change you know, where you know, I don't necessarily think it's gonna happen in the next 10 years, but I, I hope that 50 years from now, you know, we see a more enlightened humanity. Um, in terms of our relationship with the natural world.
0: Wow. I really appreciate that. Trevor, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate your honesty. Your openness is phenomenal. The film is great. And I am uh, I'm so thankful to chat with you about it. I wish you the best. I think it's on Amazon on the 23rd. Am I right on that? Or
1: right. Uh theater Select Theaters on the 21st in the US. Uh Select Theaters in the UK on the 23rd. And then on Amazon Prime, December 30th outstanding uh thank you so much for your time i appreciate it thank you